Good morning. I would like to repeat the many welcomes and, and good words that have already been said this morning. It is a true blessing to be out here with you all in this new year, 2016. And, <clears throat> excuse me, as, Carl, as Charles has just read, one thing that this new year brings to my mind, it reminds me of, is that we are one year closer to our death. Now, a lot of the world would take that as a very negative thing. But I trust as, as so many times in, in my experience with, with this group here that, that we already know we're kind of on the same wavelength as to how glorious that really is. How glorious death can be for those who are of the Lord. As 2 Corinthians 5.10 told us, there will be a day when we stand before the Lord in judgment. <coughs> Excuse me. There will be a day we stand before the Lord in judgment. And on that day... He will say one of two things to us, as Matthew 25 talks about in verse 34. Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What a blessed thing to hear. How glorious and how sweet those words will sound to the saved. But we also read later on in verse 41 that the other words that he has prepared are, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and for his angels. What I want to talk about this morning has already been talked about. Joe preached my sermon for me, so I could go sit down right now. Joe did an excellent job with the words that he prepared for us for our Lord's Supper because that is exactly what we need to be thinking of on this day. I want to talk this morning about being one, one year closer to that day. I want to look at what we have done in the past year. I want to look at how we are going to press forward into the new year. Since we are one year closer to our final destiny, I would like to provoke your mind into thinking as to how we have used this past year and how we might make some goals or some resolutions, if you will, for the coming year. My goal this morning is to encourage you to make better use of the time that we have left and to prepare us for the day that awaits for us. So this morning, let's begin by looking at our past year. In 2015, I'd ask the question, has our relationship with God and with Christ improved? Has it improved throughout the years? Um, In 2015, has it grown closer Have we drawn more near to God? As James chapter 4 and verse 8 tells us to do, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And we'll go ahead and tell you that with the cold air in the winter, I get a lot more drier, so I'm going to have to have some water. But if you will just excuse that. So we are to draw nearer to God and He will draw nearer to you. Now how do we do that? How... How do we create that closer relationship with our Father? Well, as with any relationship, communication is key. So I ask the question, have we been faithful in listening to God's Word? Another year has gone by. Can we we say that we have read through the Bible this year? We have studied through, maybe not read entirely through, maybe picked out passages that we that we really needed to study or sections, but can we honestly say that we are taking seriously our relationship with God if we are not listening to what He has to say to us? So in 2015, did we spend time in God's Word? 
And as any relationship goes, a communication isn't a one-way street. Have we also spent time in talking to God? Have we been steadfast with our prayers? You know, if, if in, in our relationship with me and, and my wife, if she, if she told me everything that she wanted me to know, maybe she told me how her day had been, told me what the boys had done, or just talked about things that she thought was exciting, and just talked talked about these things, and, and I listened to everything she had to say, but I never once told her anything about my day. Or I never once told her what I thought about the things that happened in her life. If I wasn't telling her what I needed, if I wasn't telling her anything, she'd begin to wonder, what's wrong? If maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe he's mad at me. Why won't he talk to me? When we think of it in that sense, it makes perfect sense that a relationship has to be a two-way street and there has to be conversations going and coming. When we think of the same relationship with our father, he desires to hear from us. He desires to know what, what is going on in our life, how our life has been. Is things that we need? Are there things that we are thankful for? So has our degree of prayerfulness in 2015, did it increase? Did it decrease? Did it kind of remain the same? Let's look back at that and see at how, how, that, how that worked. But also, our relationship with God in Christ, that's the question we ask, has it improved? But what our relationship with our brethren? Has our relationship with our brethren improved? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, we read, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Has our love for one another increased this past year? Are we closer to one another? More than we were a year ago. You can say that I am certainly closer to, a, to all of you more than I was a year ago. Just having getting, getting to know you a year ago. I can, I can say with leaps and bounds, I have, we have grown in that aspect for me personally. But I'll, let's ask the question. How much time have we spent with one another? In the homes of our brethren. How many times have they spent time in our home? Do we even truly know who our brethren are? When we first started in 2015, uh, a, a sermon that I preached was stemming off of a study I had done where it said that many churches, and it used the, the word very liberally, many churches are comprised of people who don't truly know one another. They are just faces in a crowd, much similar to those who, who go to the movies. You know, we recently went and watched the new Star Wars movie, and I didn't know anybody else in that theater the only other person at theater that I cared, had any concern about whatsoever was the person that was behind me kicking my seat. And that was the one that, was, that I was really thinking about. Well, that and the boys and their, and their enjoyment of the movie. But I didn't really care about the other people in that theater. I didn't know who they were. They didn't concern me one bit. Can we say the same thing about our brothers in Christ? If that could be said about us, that we're not concerned with them, we don't want to get to know them better, we're not putting time into that relationship, then we should really be worried about that. Because the thing that we are told to do is to love one another, to show brotherly love to one another. So we need to make sure, and we need to ask ourselves, last year, how did my relationship grow with my brethren? Next thing I want to look at is not just the relationship with God and with Christ, not just the relationship with our brethren. We also need to ask in 2015, what did our relationship with the world look like? 
How did our relationship with the world improve? Did it improve at all? Because we do have a responsibility to the world. We're told to not be worldly, but we certainly can't take ourselves out of the world. We need to be a part of the world in some sense. Matthew 5 talks about this. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are called to be something to the world. The salt of the earth implies that we are to have an influence on the world. We are to have uh, some sort of influence, and it needs to be a positive influence on the world. It shouldn't be a negative influence. So when we look back at 2015, can we see where we were a positive influence on the world? Or can we see where we were a negative? And we are to demonstrate that there is a better way. We are to be the light of the world. Now so oftentimes we focus on how we, we are living or walking in the light. And so we have these lights that we can shine, but so oftentimes we want to shine them inside the light. And let me tell you something, when you're already in the light and someone shines a light on you, you just get blinded. You can't see anything, it's, it's so bright. And that's what we are if we think we're doing any real good, if we're not shining our light out where it needs to be. Out to the lost, out into the darkness, if we're just shining our light around inside, we have become blinded. Our light needs to be shined out into the dark. We need to demonstrate that there is a better way to live. It doesn't take long when we look out to the world to see so many people hurting. So many people whose marriages are crumbling, whose poor decisions are destroying their lives. And we need to be, able to be a light to them to show them. There's a way that doesn't have to ruin your life. There's a way that doesn't have to ruin your marriage. There's a life that can bring, bring blessings to you. There's a life that can bring true happiness to you, and, and I'm living it. And I want to share it with you. We need to be that sort of positive influence, demonstrating that better way. So have we made progress this year in doing that? Have we made progress in developing the meaningful relationships that are required to do that? Because, unfortunately, no one's really going to care that much how great your life is and how, how blessed you are if they have no idea who you are. If they have no way to relate with you whatsoever. There's got to be a relationship there that draws you together. And we need to be focusing on building that relationship so the light of Christ can be seen in our lives. So that we can give the gospel of Christ a chance to communicate to others. So when we look at, back at 2015... We need to ask ourselves, what kind of neighbors were we? And not just in the, in the physical sense. Yes, what kind of neighbors were we to our physical neighbors? But what, what kind of neighbors were we, are we to those that share this world with us, share this life with us? Were we the kind that just simply live next to one another but don't really know anything about the others? Were we the kind that have completely forgot how to have hospitality for others? We need to ask ourselves these questions about 2015. The question I am raising can be summarized in this one way. Another year has gone by. Have we made good use of the time the Lord has blessed us with 
or have we wasted it? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. And it is likely, if you are anything like me, in the slightest little bit like me, it is likely that you have, to some degree, not been on the exceptional side of this scale. If I was to sit down and write all the ways that I messed up in 2015, well, we would have to, it would take more sermons than, than the soul and the spirit would take to describe. It would just be a long, drawn-out process. But that's why, that's why I wanted to focus this sermon on pressing forward. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14, let's flip over there. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14, we read some some beautiful words. Paul says here, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I know. I know that old life that I left. I know that I made a lot of mistakes. And I know that I don't have everything perfect. I know that I haven't reached it yet, but I'm not giving up. I'm not focusing on the things that I did wrong. I'm pressing on towards the things that I know I can do right. The things that God has called me to do. So today, I'm going to ask ourselves, are we pressing towards Are we pressing forwards towards what Christ has called us to be? I hope that we are. And in 2016, I would like for us to set some goals for ourselves. We we, we call them resolutions. but, But really, I never keep a resolution. I've made a resolution every year, and I'm really, really bad at keeping resolutions. I heard a man say one time that the reason goals or resolutions, you can use them interchangeably, the reason they don't work is because you have no vision behind them. Well, let's set some goals today that have vision behind them. They have God's vision behind them, a perfect vision. So let's look at 2016. Let's set some goals for that. The first one that I think we can make is that we need to draw nearer to God and to Christ. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, we read, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. One way that we can draw nearer to God, and therefore Him draw nearer to us, is by having some sort of daily reading program. Some way that we are spending a little bit of time each day in God's Word. It doesn't have to be a lot. We don't have to spend eight hours a day studying through some complicated text. But just spend a little bit of time, maybe it's every night before you go to bed, but at some point in the day, opening up God's Word and reading just a little bit from it. There's lots of really great programs that that can help you read through the Bible in a whole year, or that can help you read through and and understand certain aspects of the Bible. But spend some time reading through the God's Word. And don't just focus on, on the parts that you like. Don't just pick out a passage that you really like to read and say, I'm going to read that passage again. No, spend some time in the whole Bible. Romans 15 and verse 4 tells us uh, some important things to know about the Old Testament. So let's spend some time in the Old Testament reading and studying God's Word there. Romans 15 and verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning." That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Other passages like 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11. 
Or 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 and 17. They say the same thing. These things, these things that sometimes we're guilty of going, that doesn't have anything to do with me. That was written to a bunch of people wandering around in the desert. They didn't have nothing to do with, with me here in Kentucky in 2016. Well, no, they didn't. But they certainly have a lot of application to me here in Kentucky in 2016. And I can learn a whole lot about what those people went through and about the choices they made and about the things that I should be trying to model myself after. So let's spend some time this year studying through the Old Testament. But let's also spend some time in the New Testament. Look over in James chapter 1. <clears throat> James chapter 1 and verse 21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Why should I spend some time this year in reading God's word and studying it? Because it has the power to save your soul. Why not? Why would you not want to spend some time studying through it? Second Peter chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 2 and verse 2. Likewise, <clears throat> First Peter, excuse me. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. When we have a good understanding of what the word is, when we understand that the word has the ability to save our souls, that it has the ability to, to cut through hard, cold hearts and to warm them and to, to just to be a discerner of our thoughts and, and the intents of our hearts. When we understand what the word is, how can we not have a desire? How can we not have a desire to, to read it more often? But we also need to be diligent in our prayer. Look over in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. Oh, excuse me, I put this on the board. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. Let's be more diligent in spending time in prayer. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, we read something very interesting about Daniel. It says that this was after he had heard the decree given by the king that he went home, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Now oftentimes we might think, well I do that. I eat three meals a day and I say the prayer before each three meals. So I pray three times a day. But if you're, if you're much like our family, a lot of times those prayers before our meals are quite often the same. I don't think that's what Daniel did. I think Daniel was giving some, some specific times that he has set aside to really communicate with his father. To tell him what was going on in his life. And to thank him for the things that he had done for him. Are we doing that? Let's spend some more time in 2016 talking to God. Let's spend some more time being diligent in that prayer. Let's be a thankful people. As Colossians 4 and verse 2 tells us. To be thankful. And the one way that we can tell God that is to actually tell God that. It's something that we might think a lot of times. And maybe when you really start to sit down and maybe just write it out, the things that you're thankful for, you realize, I don't tell God enough how truly thankful I am for the wonderful blessings that He has given me. I may say that in my prayers, but do I actually sit down and thank God for the wonderful things He has done? So let's resolve to spend more time in our prayers and to, draw near, and to spend more time in His Word and to draw nearer to God. That's one goal that I think we should all set for ourselves in 2016. Maybe you already do a pretty good job at this, but the fact is we can always do better. 
Let's make an attempt to do better at this in 2016. The next thing we will look at is let's resolve to become closer to our brethren. We have directories that were made for us. And if you don't have one, we can get you one. But let's take some time and take those directories and let's make it a point to at the very least know everybody's name. You might think, well, that's, that's easy. I know their name. But take that first step to know everybody's name and you can very easily transition to the second step of making sure that you have some more information behind that name. It's not just Eric Pope sitting there. It's Eric who is, is training to become a, a nurse and to go into the Air Force and is, and is about to be a new father. And you can put all these little details behind these names. Let's make sure that we're doing that. We can look at each other and know more than just the name of the person sitting there. But it starts with that very little step. Each week, let's try to connect a couple of names to a couple of facts about their life. 3 John chapter 14 talks a little bit about this. It says, But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you, our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. You ever think that was kind of odd that he put that in there? Why we are to greet each other by name? I think that John understood something, that Christ was trying to get us to understand, that, John, uh, that God desires us to understand, is that we are supposed to be more than just anonymous worshipers coming together. We are supposed to be a family, a family that knows one another, a family that is not content just to sit beside one another and sing some songs and, and hear some preaching and then go home. A family that truly knows one another. So one way we could do that is, like I said, getting the directory and, and spending some time connecting the dots with our brethren. Another way we can do this is by having different people or families in our home each month. Let's try to do this once a month, have a different family maybe in our home. And you know, it doesn't have to be a big fancy dinner. We don't have to get out the nice plates and, and put out the candle lights and, and grill the, uh, maybe some big steaks and baked potatoes. It could be bologna sandwiches. I like bologna sandwiches. It could be anything simple like that. It doesn't have to be fancy because a simple visit to get more acquainted is so much better than, than a, a, a great big drawn out dinner where we don't get to know one another whatsoever. It, the food is not what's important about the visit. It's the, the relationships that we build, the memories that we make. And maybe it's kind of hard to have people in our home sometimes. Maybe that's something that's a little bit difficult. So arrange a visit to someone else's home. Give them a call and say, hey, can, it, would it be all right if I came over for a few minutes? Maybe I baked some cookies. I want to bring you some cookies. Or, or just want to stop by and say hi. It doesn't take long to create a lasting memory. It doesn't take more than a few minutes to create a thought that will carry with someone throughout their life. I remember when brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so did this for me. I remember when a brother brought us, didn't even come in the house, brought us baked spaghetti when Holly was pregnant. He came by, knocked on the door, brought it up in a tinfoil thing, said you don't even have to do dishes, throw it away when you're done. I can't stay, I have to go. I remember that. That has lasted me so long. That created a bond between us. It built our relationship up. because, Not because he brought us spaghetti. Because he thought of us. Because he thought of me as more than just a face that he worshipped with. I was his brother. She was his sister. So let's make sure that we resolve in 2016 to spend some time growing closer to one another.
excuse me, and it lines with this, 1 Peter 4 and chapter 9, a verse that I know we know so well, uh, as studying from this this quarter. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Let's make sure that we are doing this. We make sure that we are living this out in our lives. And finally, let's resolve to get to know non-Christians better. You know, another thing that we can do is we can arrange to have non-Christians within our home once a month. You know, sometimes we look at that last passage, be hospitable to one another, and we think, as long as I'm hospitable to my brothers and sisters, I've done a pretty good job. I'm done. I've done everything I need to do. I had a few of them over to my house. I fed them a meal. I was, I was you know, a good host. That's saying a lot of me, isn't it? But in Third John, or excuse me, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, tells us something a little bit more. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. But sometimes we want to forget that little part in the middle about doing good to all. We want to focus on just doing good to the household of faith. That wouldn't do us much good. It wouldn't do much good for growing the kingdom of God. People might see us from the outside and say, look, that's a great big bunch of hospitable people to themselves. They do all sorts of things. I always have people in their home and they're doing all this stuff for one another. They never do anything for anybody else. So maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a co-worker. But let's spend some time getting to know someone a little bit better. Or we could do the same thing. We could try to arrange a visit to them. Go over to their house. And again, it doesn't have to be anything amazing and fancy. Again, just these small notions can have such a lasting effect. It's amazing how far some simple hospitality and neighborly kindness can go to building meaningful relationships. Meaningful relationships are those relationships that show someone you truly care about them. You truly care about what they think, about how they feel. And and the old salesman's pitch is as true today as it ever was. that People don't care what you know unless they know that you truly care about them. It doesn't matter how much I study this Bible and how I can know everything from in and out of it, one side to the other, cover to cover, I know every word about it. But if the person thinks I don't care for them, I don't have any, want them to have anything to do with them, why would they listen to me? Why would they care if I know the truth about baptism? Why would they care if I know the truth about, uh, about authority? Why would they care at all if I don't first show that I care for them? So again, in 2016, let's resolve to get to know non-Christians better. I think we've made some really good resolutions, some really good goals. And again, I said these goals, they're nothing unless they don't have vision behind them. Vision that God desires for us to do. God desires for us to be workers. And I believe these goals will produce the kind of lifestyle that is becoming of Christians. Will produce a lifestyle that that is, is better at increasing a relationship with God and a lifestyle that is better at increasing relationships with our brethren and with the lost. These sort of relationships, they will bless our lives. They will be a blessing to our church, to the community. And they will create a clearer conscience at the same time next year. James chapter 4 and verse 13 tells us how precious our time is. Chapter 4 verse 13. Excuse me, 13 through 15 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow I will go to such and such a city, spend a year there and buy and sell and make a profit. 
Whereas you do not know what your life or what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. James is telling us is the time that we have is precious. It is precious, and, and, and we should not say, okay, these are some goals that, that, I, that I can set for myself, goals that God would desire me to reach, and I'll work on that, I'll work on that next week. I'll work on that next month. Our time will slip away from us. We are one year closer to that great day of judgment. Let us not push things off. And push things off. Let's consider Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Ephesians 5 verse 15 and 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. I think we had a lesson about this not too long ago. Redeeming the time. The time that we have is a precious gift to us. Are we spending it in a way that brings glory and honor to our Savior, to the Creator, to our great God? Or are we spending it in a way that just makes us feel better? That just makes us feel more comfortable? A way that is just a little more easier for us? What way are we doing it? Are we spending it circumspectly or are we spending it as fools? I hope that you will take these suggestions. That you will take these suggestions I've made for resolutions for the new year, and they will, <coughs> and they will, and you will make a good use of this time that you have been given. This morning, if you are not a Christian, if you are not a child of God, then I would suggest to you that you have something else that you need to be thinking of with the time that you have. It is still true that we are one year closer to that day of judgment, one year closer to a time when the Lord will come to us. And choose and will set aside those who are in his kingdom and those who are not. And we'll look at the lives that we have lived and see how and the good deeds that we have done within them. So if you are not a Christian this morning, I would encourage you to be considering the time that you have. How much time is left? Maybe you have 10 years. Maybe you have 50. Maybe you have a whole lifetime ahead of you. Maybe you don't. Is there really any reason to wait? The Lord is calling. He is beckoning you. And the fact is, the song, if you'll get your songbooks out that we're about to sing in, in Christ alone, it reminds us that there is only one way. There is only one way for us to make, to make that step into salvation. There is only one way for us to hear those, those words at the day of judgment. Enter in, my good and faithful servant. That is through Christ alone. It is through uh, believing in Him. It is through repenting of the sins that we have in our life and allowing Him, after confession, to wash those sins away through baptism. To be buried according uh, as He was buried and to rise up as He rose up, rose up to live a new life. But maybe you're a child of God who is simply strayed from the Lord. Whether which one you ever be, let's also remember these words of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says in verse 1 through 2, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, 
Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not put it off till it's a little bit more convenient. Not put it off until it just feels right. When you know what you have to do, then now is the time of salvation. If there is some way in which we can help you this morning, I would encourage you not to wait as we stand and as we sing.